Welcome to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survived the apocalypse, so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. And this week, we're uh, heading to Vegas and fighting the army of the dead. Is it not army of darkness? <laughs> I watched we the whole be. like Bruce Campbell movie. The, we should do did, that. Did I, I watch the wrong? Too. Did I watch the wrong movie, Johnny? Like the uh, whole time well, travel, watched... going back to the medieval times. What do you mean Vegas? Well, I watched uh, James Cameron's Aliens. I thought that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Of course, at least I, I think. <laughs> at least I think that's what I was watching. It's I was what it, it see it was different than I remember, but it hit all the plot points I remember. So I'm pretty sure we're doing. Yeah, and all the characters were dressed the same and looked the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are of course doing uh, Zack Snyder's. Uh, Army of the Dead, which just uh, yeah. dropped on Netflix in the last, depending on where you are, actually, because I think we, I think Ireland, for some reason, got it like a week earlier than everybody else, probably yeah, because I, our cinemas are still closed. I was going to say, um, I don't think we've ever done a movie that's just come out like this quickly after it's come out. Uh, I think Underwater, maybe. But also, this Saw episode hasn't been uploaded yet, so yeah, this will actually be out two weeks by the oh, time yeah. this goes up. Which will still be really early for us. Yeah, just for anyone listening, is we're we we're not we we're just like obviously if you've listened to us before, if this is your first podcast, we don't really do movie review. We talk about the scenario and uh, surviving it and living in that world. So uh, full spoilers from the beginning. We're not going to have like spoiler free yeah. review and then go into spoilers or anything like that. So. If you haven't seen the movie, don't listen to this episode yet. <laughs> yeah, and but that's the, another reason we wouldn't normally do... Because we don't just do reviews, so we wouldn't normally do like very fresh films that aren't yeah. available to everybody yet. Whereas like everybody has Netflix. I would say if you haven't actually seen Army of the Dead by the time this, part, this episode goes up, you probably don't care anyway, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but also, but to that point, this is going to be more of a review episode because we we kind of we a lot of the time we'll do like deep dives on like the scenario yeah. and like how realistic it is and like the science behind it. I feel like we already done that in our Night of the Living Dead episode. We kind of done our definitive zombie episode. Yeah, and we're going to come back and we will probably do maybe like Halloween or we'll probably do like a season of zombie episodes but we'll take some of the yeah. classic films we haven't covered yet and we'll go more into like zombie survival then i think this episode is just going to be a bit more f- we're going to be having fun with this scenario rather than yeah exactly going too yeah, deep yeah. into anything because it's not a, it's not a very serious film no there's decisions the characters make that we both do differently etc and that's kind of where we're going to go yeah but before we do get into it few things we yeah. want to i want to touch on just like general housekeeping first of all really important uh the my roadcast plug uh have to get that in there we uh we're competing for the my roadcast competition again if you're a new listener it's uh well first of all to road are a microphone company from australia they make like really good sound equipment and shit and they do an annual sort of podcast competition where you can win a bunch of gear and we need your vote to help us win it and we'll leave a link in the description and if you just click it it'll take you to our page you just uh hit vote you sign in through either facebook or gmail and it takes about five seconds you can do it before we even finish this plug 
and it really help us. It mean a lot. If every I said this last time that if everybody who listens to us voted, nobody else because we get we get a good we get good download numbers basically. Yeah. If everybody that downloaded our podcast every week, if everybody that downloads just this episode voted, <laughs> we, we'd win. We would win. Like we we get good numbers. Easy. Yeah. We get good enough numbers that I thought by this point we would have just been given free equipment by some company who wanted a plug, to be honest. But that hasn't happened, so we need to win this competition instead. The only thing is, it does seem, and I hate to be this guy that says it, you know, kind of like Trump talking about, like, the election being stolen before the election even happened. But there does seem to be an awful lot of, like, bot votes and stuff happening. So we do, Yeah, people uh, are buying need, bots. Yeah, we do need that extra bit of help. In fact, because that's the thing, if everybody listened, voted, we probably would win. But the classic marketing rule is that only 5% of your audience actually respond to call to actions. So only 5% of our listenership will are actually likely to vote so prove us wrong so prove us wrong or just like that five percent should like get other people to vote like just get your family to vote get your friends to vote you know ask you know if you have a girlfriend ask can you see her phone and pretend you're just like a psycho jealous boyfriend who wants to check her text messages to see if she's cheating on you but you're actually just want, <laughs> but you actually just want to like give a give an, an extra vote for like two Irish douchebags who have a podcast. <laughs> risk risk ruining your relationship <laughs> to, to, to get get us an extra vote or your boyfriend. Or uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I mean generally that doesn't doesn't tend to be the woman. It's usually like oh, grab oh, can I see your phone. phone. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Man. Also, while we're just doing some housekeeping. This isn't real real housekeeping necessarily. Well, maybe you don't want to touch on it, but you sent me a text earlier. We had a, an update about something we talked about on our Bigfoot episode two episodes ago. Do you oh, want to yes. do you want to read that? Yes, there is. So, a, yeah. so for listeners, if you remember our Bigfoot episode two episodes ago, we talked about our friend Bob. Was that the name we got? I think we called him Bob, yeah. Yeah. About a game about the the Bigfoot game he wanted to play. If you listen to the episode, you remember it. Yeah, I couldn't remember what it was. He his concept was no. I, and you and we, you and me came up with our own scenario, which is we'd go camping every year, like three times in the summer, and we know one of whatever in five years he's just gonna like he's gonna show up as Bigfoot in the woods where we're camping. But he'd fake us out a few times where he'd just be like, oh man, I won't make it. And then we'd spend the whole weekend and be like, oh, he's going to pop out any minute. And then he'd like video call you from like his house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and stuff. And um, and then one year he wouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bigfoot. And um, so he was listening to the episode today himself and he was delighted to get the name drop. <laughs> Bob. Good old Bob. Loves hearing his Shout name it. Bob. <laughs> shout out to you bob and um so he sent me text and he's like this is what he's so the big the big bigfoot hunt was i would text you a map location of where bigfoot has been sighted and your job was to get to the location and find me in that area and take a photo of bigfoot this would be during the day you had three vocalization requests where you could would text me and i would make a sasquatch call to help you find me you would also have a time window of a couple of hours. 
once I make a suit, we can arrange a day. I joked with the idea of just making sightings, um, but I don't want animal control or guards called for disturbing the bees. <laughs> but that is inevitably going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like so his that. idea That's is that we'd message. we'd have some hints and clues, but it's like you'd know he was in like that square kilometer of woods. Like he'd yeah, send a drop yeah. in or something. But, which when we talk when we had like the slightest hope of do of we talked about like when we were approached by the tv producer yeah what uh i was about to say his actual name there what bob has suggested kind of fits into what we were pitching as our idea for the show yeah because we were talking about like we'd do a terminator episode but instead of like fighting the terminator we'd go to like boston dynamics and like get chased by their robot dog and stuff like that and see could we outrun it yeah, yeah 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 I do the classic like when you see cops, cops training ca- the canine unit. We do that where it's us in the suit, but it's like the robot dog attacking us <laughs> and stuff like that. But what 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 Bob's describing would be a great pilot for disaster artists. The show where it's like it's set up, but you still don't. But it's like that's what I imagine. I was going to pitch you this off air the other night, and so I might as well do it now. It's like. How would you feel about doing a um, like a Ghost Hunters TV series? <laughs> okay, we got cut off there again, but I don't think it's going to be as big of a problem as it was two episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, no, what I was going to say, as you were saying, that that idea of a pilot of it's a setup scenario, but we don't necessarily know everything. We don't have all the information, so we're still trying to figure it out. That's how I imagine most of those shows work, and that's where I thought like stuff like those like ghost hunter shows where the the, the team go into a, a, co- a haunted building and there is obviously teamsters behind a door with like crackling tinfoil and banging doors yeah but they yeah. don't know where they are or when that's going to happen you know so well, they're reacting to their their reactions are real but clearly it's all fake you know what i mean yeah but but that's kind of the pitch I like the very like the elevator pitch I gave yeah. to that producer like what of an idea like I had kind of two ways I saw we could do a TV show either it'd be like a MythBusters type of yeah. thing only with movie scenarios yeah or it would be uh you and I versus each other kind of thing where so the first episode would have to be decided on a on a coin toss. And so say I win. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. You, you froze. Sorry, I thought you were. Yeah, you froze off. Sorry, the first episode would be Desert Island. Isn't it? So, 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 so the first episode would be decided on a coin toss. So say I win, that would mean I get to invent the scenario that you'd have to survive in the first episode. Oh yeah. And so I would create almost like an escape room. Or it might be you in a woods, and it's I'm in the control room in control of like what you have to get through and if you get if you complete that task then you are in control next week oh, in the yeah. next episode and you get and it'd be this back and forth kind of thing but um <laughs> yeah sorry we're, we're getting we're getting no, no, way off topic for sure. before we even before we even get on topic yeah um but we so we the, should we, the Bigfoot hunt is something we could easily make ourselves as a pilot though you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. um just you can make it with a couple of GoPros and a phone like if you have to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah. have like 
good video equipment, but you know, just saying. So last week, we done Saw. We had a ticking clock last week because the Jigsaw Killer was holding us captive. This week, we kind of have a ticking clock too because uh, you have just got your uh, first dose of the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got it this and, morning. Uh, you know, not to be, not that I'm an anti-vaxxer or anything, but I feel like there's a good chance you could turn into a zombie before before this episode's over. Well, to, again, not sound like, first of all, I'll definitely go get vaccinated um, for everybody out there. But, you know, you don't know what shit's in that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Could be anything. Well, I think we'll, we'll we'll have to keep um, an eye on this. I I feel like you know by the end of the episode, yeah. you could I, turn into the Zeus, the Alpha Zeus, or whatever they called him in the movie. Let's just get into Army of the Dead. <laughs> so first of all, I'm, I'm feeling a bit achy. So first of all, just uh, let's just get out of the way straight away. What did you think of Army of the Dead? I enjoyed it, but thought it was dumb as shit. <laughs> right. I, That's the best way I can describe it. I was watching it, I thought, this is fucking fantastic. This is such a fun yeah. movie. This is great. I thought it was excellent. And then the credits rolled, and I was like, that is that was the dumbest movie I've ever seen, and it wasn't well written. No, yeah, exactly. The script was absolute the script was absolute shit but the film was brilliant which is like goes against everything you you're you're taught in like film school is like you know you can have a brilliant script but in the wrong hands it can be a bad film but there's no such thing of a bad script that is a good film i think army of the dead is the exception (laughs) to that like i think it is a really bad script but it's just a really good movie I was thinking about this and it's like I thought it was really well made um, but the, like the script is a mess like that was yeah it's just dumb as shit and it's clearly like because he'd been he'd written it whatever it was 10 years ago or something and I'd picked away at it every now and then so every fucking idea is in there and it clearly hasn't had enough drafts before they just went and started shooting it Um for it to be all cleared up and stuff it's it, like it or needed a script doctor and too too many drafts where there's loads of stuff set up that aren't even paid off because it was from an earlier yeah. draft and yeah uh so for people so who for some reason haven't seen it even though it's readily available the plot is uh we open with it's the classic scenario military cargo bringing a you know an un, unknown cargo in transport there's a crash. Turns out it's a fucking zombie. Of course it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're coming from Area 51. Different type of zombie than we've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. They're coming from Area 51, so they're obviously, they're near Vegas. It kills all, it kills the army. Turns a few of them into zombies. We see them heading for Vegas. And then we get just yeah. a big opening credit montage where it just goes through, like, the carnage that happens the film kind of just starts in this world where there's been a sort sort of a zombie war and the american military and government have cl- have sealed off vegas and the outskirts of vegas are kind of a quarantine zone too so there are humans there that can't all yeah. the zombies are trapped in vegas there's humans that were caught in between and they're in a quarantine zone 
uh, Dave Bautista is the main star. Refugee camp. Yeah, he's one of them that's in this zone. Uh, him and he, he had a group of people that like saved saved a bunch of lives in the early days of the war and got people out of Vegas. Yeah. And now they're just like hanging around, fucking doing nothing, essentially. Like he's working in a. a, a he's flipping a burgers. Diner. Yeah, flipping burgers in a diner. And so. so he's he's approached by a billionaire owner of a casino in Vegas. Tanaka. Uh, who offers him a job to because so Vegas finally the Americans are just going to nuke Vegas and just end the the zombie threat once and for all, yeah. And they've got like two days, and this billionaire wants Dave Bautista to put together a crew to go into Vegas and take his fortune from a vault beneath one of his casinos, two hundred million dollars, and that's the plot of the film. It's about like a crew. Yeah, yeah. It's a heist movie. Kind of these, yeah. this crew going back into Vegas just before the nuke drops to uh, extract this two hundred million dollars. Can I just say, fucking amazing concept! <laughs> it's a, it's a great setup. It's such a great setup. I fucking love the idea. Highest movie and it plays in the zombie movie. Just excellent. Just yeah, and we get all idea. the we get like the classic heist movie scenes, like so, like we're in like the first like the once the film is properly started, we get the the montage of Batista going to gather up his crew, like in yeah. Ocean's Eleven, where like this guy's an expert safe cracker, this guy's an expert shot or whatever, yeah. and they do some nice things. I liked it. So so it's two hundred million dollars. Batista gets fifty million, but he's That's the best to, to, div- the <laughs> to divide between his crew and so he gets 50 million and the girl who's like kind of always been his partner she gets 15 million and then they divide the rest up and yeah yeah yeah. i think he gets like five no i think but essentially in three ways and then there's five left over but either way as they're gathering up the crew the 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 offer that they put forth to each member just gets lower and lower (laughs) as the montage goes (laughs) along and by the time it gets to the last guy it's like five grand but even though it goes like other characters are recruiting people and going i'll give you like a couple of grand yeah 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 like because they're they know they're getting like a million yeah there's somebody who's getting 20 billion and she offers somebody like 20 grand of her cook kind of thing (laughs) but i just love that more just how it gets lower and lower as it goes along it's just it's really funny funny it's really smart it's a great um like heist joke like movie joke yeah yeah and straight off i have to say too uh dave bautista is fucking great in this film i liked I thought this movie was very well cast. I liked all the actors. I loved all the performances. They were brilliant. It was just the dialogue and the story were just shite. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. It was just Yeah, I don't know. The I liked a lot of things. I liked like I like what it was I like the foundation it was built on. I liked yeah. how it was kind of like a throwback to older zombie movies in that it had the whole military coming from Area 51 kind of thing you know it's hinted that the this zombie play that the the zombie that they had in the cargo that started this all was of extraterrestrial origin i like i really like that because like that's night living dead you know night living dead is kind of like comet wasn't it bacteria and a comet or something yeah it's a well i think it was a satellite re-entering earth the radiation from it in night living dead and that's the original zombie movie 
and there's definitely been a few others that had that kind of alien origin but there's something that's a very like 50s 60s sort of because it was during the cold war i guess that's a good that that would be the reason that you'd have a zombie plague something related to space i i I just thought it had a classic like b-movie feel because of that yeah definitely and um it's and like technically it's fucking great movie as well like it's i really like how it's shot again Zack snyder is he's cinematographer and director on this and um i've 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 seen a few reviews yeah i've seen a few reviews of people complaining about it being blurry but it's not it's just very shallow depth of field or or bucky or i've seen so many people giving out about that and And i i thought it was grand but I'm I yeah stuff myself so that kind of way. Anyway. I was going to give out about it because I had this thing where, like, as I was watching it, I kind of thought, I, "This is something I'll say to Shane." Where I was like, "It kind of feels like a film student who's figured out how to do a shallow depth of field for the first time, <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. just keeps overusing it." And then I was like, "But that's also that's me." Like I, I still like anything I yeah, do, yeah. I do that because I just really like the look of it. Like I, I remember you, you laugh at this. I remember like a few years ago when I got my the Nikon SLR. DSLR that I have. Yeah, I yeah uh, I done. <laughs> I, I got a really good like fifty mil lens, and I done a, a a promo video for like a sports center. Oh yeah, and it was like. So it, a lot of it was like talking heads, like people talking about the activities that happens there and stuff. And so I don't know where like there'd be like people playing football in the background and it'd be real shallow focus then on the like trainer talking about it. Oh, yeah. And I just done loads of shit like that. And when I was editing it, I was looking at it and I just thought, oh, this looks fucking great. And it did. It looked awesome. But then I realized, oh, you don't actually see any of the sport in it because it's all blurred in the background. <laughs> and I had to, I had to call your man up and say like, oh, one, one of the memory cards uh, failed on me. So I might have to go and just shoot some extra cutaway of like people, you know, doing actual activities. Because I realized oh, yeah. I, I got so, I, I got so like obsessed with doing like shallow focus for everything. Oh, that yeah. You didn't actually see any, any sports for the whole thing. <laughs> so you just need B-roll to make up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so essentially yeah. I done exactly what Zack Snyder done. I mean, he, he done it in an actual movie and it was artistic and looked better. So. Yeah. So, so two, so two things with that, right? I, um, I read a trivia thing there that Snyder spent two or three years um, hunting down, which are like Canon Dream lenses, which are these lenses that have very, very low depth of field, and they're specifically made in the 60s and stuff. There's this amazing video on YouTube. I might have sent it to you. It was a guy who did it all about the lenses they're used in Aliens, James Cameron's Aliens, which this oh. movie takes a lot of influences from, and how you can buy these canon lenses on and by influence you, you mean a copy he copied and pasted yeah. actual yeah, parts exactly. from the script um, and so there's you can get these lenses and you can rehouse them into cinema lenses and it's a whole thing and he mm. Zack Snyder worked really closely with red cameras you're the company you make cameras and they basically fitted out a custom set of cameras for him so he could use these lenses because he wanted to use these lenses for this movie that's awesome I spent months last summer hunting down i have a nikon as well so i spent months hunting down all these vintage nikon lenses on ebay (laughs) 
myself because after watching the video about these canon ones and um, right. and i've got a couple of vintage nikon lenses now that are beautiful to shoot on <laughs> they're so nice and uh so i'm i'm all in on that like i was just like <laughs> but that doesn't mean you're gonna make a good movie <laughs> no but also yeah. fuck it if netflix are giving you 80 million if netflix are giving yeah, me exactly. 80 million and there was like a certain lens i always wanted to use yeah you know, somebody else was going to be flipping the bill for me, tracking it down on eBay and then having read, <laughs> make a mount for a camera to, uh, like, yeah. great. If he just wanted to experiment with that and somebody else was flipping the bill, awesome. That's what, uh, <laughs> that's what filmmaking's all about. He's more, like, he's more of a technical, he's always been more of a technical filmmaker anyway he he's a, an ideas oh, yeah. man and a technical guy he doesn't yeah. seem to care too much about everything that happens in between as like a narrative structure like, narrative and character and story yeah, yeah which is funny because there's good characters in this they just don't get a lot of time to develop like you want to know more about them yeah you see he's he casts very well and that's because dave batista just He's a great character in it, but he also just feels like, well, that's Dave Bautista. He's just a good actor. Yeah. He's a good character. He like he, he fits that role really well because I feel like that's probably what he's like in real life too. He's probably drawn from yeah. like real life experience for a lot of it. Yeah. And that's another like a, a good quality of Snyder that he kind of, he might not write the best characters, but he sees, he has an at least an idea of a character because he's an ideas man and yeah, then he just yeah. casts accordingly. Like in The Watchmen, like he, the, the casting of The Watchmen is oh, perfect. perfect. Completely perfect. And it kind of takes the load off of him because he just casts so well that they just fill the roles. Yeah. There's, um, I'm trying to think, the, there's your man, what's his name, Omari Hardwick, who's van der Rohe, the guy with the big, he has the, the not the chainsaw the circular saw the, the is, bu- is kind of like a buzz saw is it yeah the buzz saw that he never uses in the movie <laughs> yeah and uh like he was a great character as well he's fantastic and then Dieter, the guy's safe hacker is really good and then the guy i really want like your man who's was the guy who's like the trick shot youtuber guy who they bring in because he's a good shot yeah like there is so much room for him to for you to do a trick for show. his character to do stuff <laughs> and be more of a character and he was like an interesting kind of guy and then he just doesn't do anything really in the movie yeah and then and then his his is it his girlfriend or his friend is just um she's ramirez from aliens is it ramirez yeah is that her name? yeah from yeah aliens? i think it is it's just a friend i think yeah but but to get back to that when they're when they're going around yeah because these are all it's a big ensemble cast and we see them get batista and his partner gathering up all these people there is a great moment as well when he he gathers up the the trick shot guy he gets he brings like two of his own crew members with him and we do get a really funny scene where like arguably the smartest person in the entire film i think he's yeah maybe i might be remembering it wrong but maybe he's irish and when they're going through when they're going through the plan that they have to go into vegas and go past all these zombies he just goes wait there's fucking zombies oh yeah no i'm out and he just walks away (laughs) (laughs) and he's like real zombies and they're like i thought you were in on this and he's like 
Yeah, but for like a YouTube video, man, not for real life. <laughs> like his whole attitude is like, I'm not doing that for real. Can I say we learned that that guy absolutely was right to walk away from the plan? Oh, definitely. I thought the setup with that was going to be that that crew, the guy who was like the trick shot guy and stuff, was going to be that all his YouTube videos and stuff were fake and that he'd never, ever actually shot a zombie in his life. Right, um, yeah, yeah. And that once they got into the real shit, he'd like, he'd be, he'd be absolutely useless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and would have like a death confession. I thought that as well. But then it turned out he actually had he he'd no problem shooting zombies and he had a bunch of grenades and all sorts of shit. like he was a badass <laughs> in the end <laughs> but i think your man that walked away he was like yeah but we his idea was that like we we were still like we led when we done all those youtube videos we led them to us yeah you know, we it weren't controlled environment. going in yeah. there yeah, yeah another a character worth pointing out too so the helicopter pilot yes remember the actresses she's a comedian Nero, or I can't remember her name. Tignatero? Something like so, yeah. that. I have, I have. Uh, so, so did you know, so for people listening, uh, there's a character, she's a great character, and she's, and there's a great scene where, where they're recruiting members and they come to her, and Batista's just like, you know, we, we you get $2 million for this job, and she's like, yeah. It's like, just, just, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Don't you want to hear what we're doing? It's like, no, two million dollars, you got me. And she doesn't want to even hear the plan. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was a great scene where she's just like, Yeah, no, I'm here for two million dollars. Uh but did you notice watching the film that she wasn't in the film originally? I thought some of her scenes were a bit oddly shot because that specific scene you're talking about is you never see all of them in the same shot together. Yeah. And it's weird because she's the other side of a fence, like in a airfield like working on a helicopter or something and it's i just thought okay they were clearly not on the set the same day yeah yeah. and then i didn't think and then i didn't think anything of it again until later but specifically that scene i was like oh i know it happened here yeah fair enough scheduling issues. i didn't notice that scene at all later when they the first time they kind of get come into vegas when they're behind the wall kind of there's a scene where you just see her in the background and she walks behind them all and I remember okay. thinking that kind of looks like, you know, when when they do the Oscars and they superimpose the host of the Oscars into all the big movies from that oh, year. Yeah, yeah. Where it'll be like Jimmy Kimmel in the passenger seat of the Batmobile or something. It just had that yeah, look yeah. to it. Uh, but so for people that don't know, uh, the comedian Chris D'Elia was actually originally in that role. He shot the entire movie. And then it came out that he was a sex pest. Uh, so they yeah. recast uh, him and just reshot all of his scenes with this actress over a green screen and just essentially just superimposed her over all of his scenes. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, think I, was laughing, well. I was laughing not at the fact that he was a sex pest. I was laughing at the phrase sex pest because it's a while since I've heard <laughs> <Right>. it. Um, <laughs> I always, just I just for anyone listening, when you when you say he he was a sex pest, and I laugh, thinking, <laughs> you know, um, it was more in the phrase. I use sex pest for all of that because that's what they in dark place, in the making that's of dark right. place. <laughs> Todd, yeah. uh, when he when he's doing his interviews, he's just like, you know, nothing can end your career like being called a sex pest. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. I wonder because watching, it, I'm like, wow. 
I can't imagine, like, I don't really know Chris D'Elia that well, other than he's like a no. kind of a shit comedian. But yeah. I feel like he'd have been awful in that role anyway. So whether he would, like, yeah, out as a sex pest or not, it worked out for the best. Yeah, I think it was probably the best decision. And they were quite lucky with that because he, the character is, spends a lot of time on their own anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're up on the roof <laughs> the, fixing, fixing the, the helicopter, helicopter for most of it. But I wonder, was that, like, maybe that wasn't the case originally? Yeah, in in hindsight, though, I did think there was a bit something odd about her delivery. And I thought it was just the way Tignet Hero was delivering it. But she's clearly not talking to anybody. When you think, yeah, like, in hindsight, yeah. when you think about it. Once I read that, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because there's lots of times where it, like, it's like she's talking to an empty room. Yeah, you yeah, know. definitely. And she gets a lot yeah. more close-ups of just her responding to people than other characters do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I thought, again, like, but I would, like, there was one scene where just you see her walking behind them and I just thought that looked really weird. That was the only okay. clue I had watching it that yeah, yeah. she wasn't there. Uh, I wouldn't have noticed anything other than, oh, only for reading about the situation afterwards. yeah. All right, it's getting hot in here. Oh, oh it's turning. Oh, it's turning. Do I look pale to you? <laughs> well, now, speaking of, like, because we were talking about the cinematography and the technical aspects earlier, yeah. ha- did you notice this whole the dead pixel thing? Because I've heard a lot of talk about that. The dead pixel? Yeah, apparently. Mm. I Now, I hands down can just say i didn't notice it at all but apparently there's a an awful lot of shots in the film where there's multiple pixels on screen that are just white like there's dead pixels um and a lot of people thought that their tv was fucked watching it but it's obvious it's a technical issue because it changes shot there'll be like a close-up on one character and there'll be a dead pixel and then it'll cut away and it'll disappear and then it'll come back oh, when nice. it goes. So it's obviously whatever lens they were using or whatever camera they were using for one shot oh, over another. Yeah, I, I didn't notice Ooh. it, but a lot of people are complaining I, about that. I watched the entire movie on my phone. I watch it on my laptop. I watch It's like a 17-inch screen. I, I yeah. should have noticed it. I think people are probably making maybe a bigger deal than it is it's still weird like it is odd that an 85 million dollar movie would have dead pixels (laughs) on it yeah but but like like i mean if he was fucking using i yeah i don't know enough about it but if he if he's getting fucking lenses from the 60s on ebay and fucking making a mount for a new red camera and this is his first film to shoot on digital uh yeah I'm not too surprised. I'm just surprised they didn't do something in post to hide them. Yeah, I would have thought that's, that could be just... That's going to sound really good, but I wonder, is it some weird glitch with the export that they just... They noticed too late and they're like, well, it's going out tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, well. But also, I was thinking about it too. Because when I heard that this was an issue, it did strike me that that, that was bizarre that they wouldn't do something about that. But then I did like think about yeah. it. And I mean... Back in the day, nobody cared about cigarette burns on film. You know, like... Yeah, that's true. All, like, the greatest movies in the world, like The Godfather, Goodfellas, Citizen Kane, 
if you watched yeah. them, there's like literal burns and scratches on the film because they were cutting and yeah, yeah. super gluing them together and they were getting burnt and shit. And it's kind of like seen as more of an aesthetic. Yeah. But yet today, if we see a dead pixel on a film, suddenly this is the worst filmmaker of all time because they left a dead <laughs> oh, yeah. pixel on screen. <laughs> That isn't me being a, a fucking Snyder fanboy fan trying to defend him because I this is like no, the no. second this is the second Zack Snyder film I've actually liked. <laughs> but yeah, I that's that was actually the other thing that despite all its faults, I think it's probably his best movie. <laughs> I really like his Dawn of the Dead remake. I think that's a really good movie. Yeah, I was thinking I must rewatch that because I haven't watched and it for a long time. Like. I'm a massive Romero fan. Like, the original Dawn of the Dead yeah. is one of my favorite movies ever. So, like, it's hard for me to... And I just don't like remakes. So, I, I would have taught... Like, when, I remember when that was coming out, I was like, this is going to be shit. Like, but I really enjoyed yeah. his Dawn of the Dead. Uh, and actually, you know, I yeah, liked yeah. his uh, his Justice League, his the actual Snyder Justice League. I liked that in the end, too. Oh, so, I, I guess this is actually yeah. the third movie of his I liked. But generally, I don't actually like his movies. No, yeah, no, yeah. So anyway, yeah, got, getting into, um, I suppose, the scenarios. So, like, I, it, it almost continues from you saying that guy walks away. He's like, oh, real zombies? No, man, I'm not getting involved in this. This is shit. And then they do the the heist movie thing where uh, Tana, Tanaka, Tanaka, who's the billionaire who's hired them, he talks them through the plan. Yeah, yeah. And he does it. And we see like an idealized version of the heist, but it's mostly just them standing around shooting guns. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. It's just close ups of them with different guns and weapons and stuff. And there's a bit of funny back and forth with the characters. That was just some stuff but they it, shot for the trailer as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and I didn't think of it at that point in the movie. But the concept is. He's hired them to go get money from his safe in his building. This is a lot of people's right. problem. It's so like, why did, you, could, you're going to ask why, why did he just give them the combination? Why did they need the safe. a safe cracker? Uh, so I looked yeah. into this. Uh, apparently, it's very rare for the owners of any casino or that in Vegas to actually know the combination to their safe. Oh, interesting. Because it's the discard the idea now. Apparently it's not even true, but it's kind of like a myth that they deliberately spread to discourage anybody from kidnapping a family member. The oh, idea is okay, that yeah, you, yeah. you wouldn't notice if they're only like a certain like head of security. And I even remember this might have been in that show. Remember that show? Was it just called Las Vegas? With um, Yeah, yeah. James Caan. James Caan. Yeah, where there's a thing in Vegas where the head of security is kept secret. Like nobody oh, knows no, no, the no, head and they're yeah. the only person that actually knows the combination to the safe. Yeah. Apparently yeah. that is a practice to so as people who might try to rob it can't like do it. What's it called? Like a tiger kidnapping yeah. where you kid you you know, you yeah. hold somebody at ransom to get the combination or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like and I suppose it could be that in something like that at because you know, this the combination's changed every day and yeah, yeah. Things like that and everything. But I suppose Or it's but, like but, yeah, like there's, like what? How many? Say there's twelve numbers. Like, there might be 
four people on the team who only get two numbers every day or whatever so <laughs> only four of them can open at the same you know like i'm yeah. sure because i feel like if you have a save with 200 million dollars in in it it's probably not a good idea for one person to have the combination there has to be a system yeah because even if where, where either yeah it changes every day or yeah not even from the point of view i suppose if that person decides to rob you it's like what if they're in a car crash or have a heart attack or <laughs> yeah or they call in sick the day that someone wins like 100 million in cash is out yeah, and you're yeah. like can't cash out sorry um <laughs> yeah but either way apparently that actually isn't a plot hole and there are pr- plenty in the film yeah, yeah. apparently that i was ha- i hadn't, I hadn't thought of it that way it, it hit me when um later on they're in the casino and tanaka's security guy hands them the key card and i was like if he has a key card wouldn't he have the combination of the save <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> it's like... yeah and, and that's true that's fair too but also even yeah, yeah. With, with everything like with, with those precautions for the safe they should probably lay that out in the film as well because most audiences yeah. wouldn't know that that the owner of the casino doesn't actually have the combination or that it changes every day that should be mentioned yeah just that the combination changes every day and i it wasn't sent to me before we had to evacuate so that's why you're here dieter and that's and Ve- it's we the impression we're given is that vegas has been closed off for like two years yeah yeah exactly so. Well, he even mentions that he's already got the insurance money out of... Yeah, he's, he's, he's gotten the 200 million back in insurance, so it's just extra money. Well, I guess, so we should... So they get into Vegas, uh, yeah. and they, they get... The, there's this character, she goes by the name... The, they call her the Coyote, because uh, yeah. the Coyote is a term for somebody that brings people across borders, and she can get people into Vegas. So uh, the, the crew hire her to bring them all in. She's a she's a cool character. I don't know that actress. Yeah. I feel like I've seen her before, but she's yeah, a good too. like classic action. Like she feels like a Ripley from Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's kind of dressed like Ripley as well. Yeah, yeah. And she has because she's brought people back and forth quite a bit. She knows the the lay of the land, and she under, understands the the zombies more than even it seems like the the military or the government do. Yeah. And that's where we learn that these aren't just your shambling George Romero zombies, that there's actually yeah. a hierarchy. And there's they an alpha. Mention, they mention those zombies do exist, your Romero-type zombies exist. And they're all kind of in suspended animation because they've dried out in the sun. In the oh, desert. I know. But, I, I, but that yeah. was just me pointing out for people who might not have yeah, seen yeah. it, that we're not just talking about Romero zombies, that there's actual... Yeah, yeah. There's there's zombies more, I guess, more akin to what we see in something like um, I Am Legend. There's intelligent yeah, zombies yeah. in this. You know what is actually the best thing to compare to? It's the Night King from Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, exactly it, because we have the white the horse. Yeah, there's the White Walkers, where like there's the Night King, who's the king, the first zombie that we saw at the start. Yeah. He's an intelligent like zombie king. Anybody he creates are white walkers and anybody they create are whites or in this case, just regular shambling zombies. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> but I didn't see that. Co- I didn't see that coming at all. Even though at the start, it's no. like he was fast and it, he seemed more intelligent. I just thought that was yeah. for show, kind of. Well, I just I just figured because Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead, it was just fast zombies, mm, mm. and so I just figured they're just fast zombies because yeah, like yeah. he probably doesn't have the attention span to do slow zombies, and <laughs> <laughs> and um. That was what I just thought from like seeing the trailer and stuff. I never I wasn't expecting the yeah, the whole hierarchy thing of basically yeah, it's the the White Walkers hierarchy. But I love I thought that um, was a great addition. Yeah. It's really good. And the queen like they they meet the queen, uh and you know, she's dressed like a queen, she's dressed like Cleopatra. I love that. But obviously and it makes perfect sense in this one. Because cause when I saw her first, I was like, Well, why would even if she's an intelligent zombie, why would she dress like a queen? And I was like, oh, I'm an idiot because she was a fucking Vegas showgirl when she was a human. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why she's wearing the crown. It's not because this zombie has decided to put on a crown. They were wearing a crown when they were turned. Yeah. yeah. Um, they seem to be as intelligent as a human, pretty much. They're just communicate through roars and... Um, yeah they're more so they, an, an animal kind of and even like so we see a, yeah. a zombie tiger who's one of which, uh which well, is awesome it? it's a siegfried and siegfried and roy yeah but he's he's an alpha the tiger is an alpha too yeah it's it feels is, like which is really cool <laughs> but so we quickly learn while while they're all pulling off the heist this uh there's the security op from the billionaire's crew that has been sent in he's actually in there with another motive and it's to get the bl- the blood sample of one of the alphas to uh bring yeah. back because it's worth more they can create yeah they're they're aware of the alphas basically yeah. yeah but of course he goes a step too far and instead of just taking some blood he ends up like capturing the queen and decapitating her and keeping her head so uh, that pisses off the alpha king who is called Seuss in it. Yeah. Um, and so that's what, again, if you've seen Aliens, <laughs> that also happens in Aliens. If if, peop- if you've seen Aliens, you've seen this film, I guess. It's... Yeah, with a bit of I Am Legend, maybe as well, thrown in. And, um... But like, straight away, once he appears on screen, and they even say, they, they, even the characters on the film say what you, the viewer, are saying. Where you're like, yeah, he's going to screw your over, screw everybody over. And I really thought that yeah. they would do that thing where they subvert the genre and somebody just kills him straight away, just to be like, oh, he's definitely going to screw well. us over. They even say it. Yeah, they say like, let's kill him straight away, or let's yeah, not look yeah. after him or whatever. Well, when the coyote, they they need to offer when they first come into Vegas, they need to like make a sacrifice to get past. And that's yeah. why they they brought this like military guy that was like raping women in the quarantine zone and shit. But I thought yeah. she was going to kill the other. I thought she was going to kill that head of security guy and make him the sacrifice. Oh, as a twist. Yeah, but that's really, um, like she was working. She was kind of in on it. Yeah, like that's <laughs> that's part of. I don't know. Did I miss something or what? But the security guy, he sets up your woman who's like the Ramirez character she's got the red bandana and everything he sets her up to be killed for no reason at all it's like he just is trying to reduce their numbers and it's just oh like, well I think she was the first she was like very suspicious of him 
Yeah. I think she might be the first. She was the one that mentions that they need to watch him. And maybe, oh, yeah, maybe okay. they didn't do a good enough job on it, but you can see like she's, she trails behind him when they're going through oh, she... like the, there's a scene where they have to go through like these hibernating zombies and she's yeah. watching him because she thinks that he's going to use this. I think she just has it in her head that he's going to use this scenario to get us killed. It's just very clear oh, yeah. that she suspects him more than anybody else. Yeah, so, yeah. so he tries to take her out. Um, yeah, I suppose in this scene. Yeah, I suppose he probably thought she's if, she, if I don't take her out, she's going to take me out. She, I think that's it. She was definitely was the most likely to her or the coyote were the most likely to kill him. We learned that the coyote knew what he was doing and she was in on it and regretted it. But yeah, but so he knew that. So the only person he'd have been looking out for would have been the Ramirez red. We'll just call her red bandana girl. Yeah. <laughs> god it is just aliens like as you talk about it i keep just picturing scenes from aliens <laughs> it's um i don't know it's still good fun though but now of course we didn't mention so dave batista his daughter is part of the crew because a friend oh, of yeah. hers has gone back into the zone and she's going looking for her so that's actually essentially she's what uh she she she's who gets she gets everybody killed essentially it's all on dave batista's door yeah well no and your man taking the head of the queen because that's what causes the that's, attack yeah on that's the actually building. a fair point but she just makes it more difficult she makes everything more difficult yeah because he eventually dies because the classic thing is that he abandons everybody leaves them to die and then ends up yeah. getting killed by the zombie tiger yeah, yeah. Which um, also happens in aliens. Yeah. But at that point, once he's dead, they could have still gotten out. He's the Paul Reiser character. Yeah. I was trying to remember who it was. But they the rest of them, a few people have died at this point, but the rest of them could have gotten out after he dies, only for yeah. they have to go back to save Batista's daughter. Yeah. And so th- this was a little one. This is one where I was kind of thinking about as a survival scenario for us to look at. Was her whole thing is she's hoping to save her friend who has been in there for a couple of days, if not longer. We don't know really how long it, it could be a week, like. And straight off, okay, her friend actually happened to be alive, but for no reason at all. Yeah, and. In a scenario, if you're Anna, if you're looking at that as a survival scenario, it's just like your friend is dead. There's just there's no way there's alive. It is a waste of time and energy to try and rescue your friend from there. There's no, they're dead. They're gone. Yeah, okay, she happened to be alive in the end. But if if you're if you're if we were that team, I know we're, I'm getting in a bit early into that, but like if we were that team and it was my daughter is a grown up and she's like, oh dad, like my friend is in there. I'm like. Honey, your friend is dead. Yeah, and because at this point they don't really know that there's this whole hierarchy and there's these intelligence. Yeah, numbers. exactly. Yeah. Now we, the audience, actually, well, it depends on people's state, but I feel like I know why they were still alive. Yeah. So, so the person they give for the sacrifice is this shitty guy who was part of the military, and the alpha turns him straight away. Yeah. 
but he's keeping these three girls alive. He he didn't turn them. He's just keeping them alive, right? Yeah, yeah. So that seems it. weird. We also learned that so his queen, the, the one that's killed by the security guy, she's pregnant with like a hybrid baby. Yeah. Zack Snyder's confirmed this. Uh this is so fucking dark. Uh they keep the they mate with the females when they're still humans. Oh, okay. To impregnate them. Right. Yeah, so they so that they rape the zomb the alpha zombies rape the females when they're still human. And that's why they don't turn them. They don't turn uh, them until they're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so fucking dark. But so like that is ex- it's explained, I guess. That's why those women are still alive in it and not dead. Yeah, yeah. But, but the characters knows don't, that. No, the characters yeah. don't know that at all. I feel I feel like the coyote might know that though. She hints at it. She she says that she She says she there's is. some passing line where she like she says something about like not seeing them who... coming back, but she had a friend that disappeared. And then, like, she saw her, like, months later as a zombie or something. Like, there's definitely, she hints at I some line. I think she says it was a friend escaped from them. And says they didn't kill her straight away. It's like, why? I don't know. Or something. Yeah, She didn't know why. Or he didn't know why. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But again, it was a, a female friend. Like, the, yeah, like, they, they, I guess Snyder just didn't want to say outright that they uh, mate with the... Uh, yeah, women. When, when I hadn't, I hadn't even, yeah, I hadn't even thought of it that way. I just thought like he was keeping them for later for no reason. <laughs> I, hadn't so really, just... I I thought it was they were only they were alive for plot reasons. You know what I mean? Like that was kind of how I thought. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, it might have been plot reasons, and then Snyder retroactively came up with a reason for it too. <laughs> but I think it does work. Like I mean, it is. We we see that the zombie queen is pregnant in it, so it yeah it is there. It is it is there on display that they would keep them alive for that reason. Yeah. Also, did just occur to me that wow, uh, Zack Snyder has a thing for uh, zombie babies because in Dawn of the I Dead, know, yeah. there's a there's a zombie baby now. Yeah, like there's a, a pregnant woman who gets bit, and she dies. And then after she dies, she gives the, the the baby becomes a zombie, and he just tears out of her as a zombie baby, oh, yeah. and to kill the baby. Um, I just I didn't think of that. Uh, yeah, if he does another. Well, isn't he going to? Isn't he doing a prequel to this or something? Two. There's two prequels. There's a, an anime prequel that he's directing, oh. and. The German lad that plays the locksmith, he's directing a, a, a feature prequel that's a romantic comedy. It's oh, his okay. like backstory set in that world. I've heard it's uh, done, like they filmed it. It's, oh, I think, yeah, yeah, I think so. It's yeah. in post-production already. Like, um, There'll probably be a sequel as well. I think they're just going to make this uh, an entire... Well, I, sp- I suppose the whole, um, the whole story that was the opening credits... <laughs> which is like all the main characters origins they could have just made that movie <laughs> um, yeah but that i feel like that would have been your typical just, zombie film that would have been dawn of the it dead it is yeah. yeah yeah it is yeah it's just dawn of the dead isn't it? so here, here's something i i just wanted to point out too that i thought was really funny in the film so we have this ticking clock in the film where they have to get in and out before the nuke is yeah. dropped 
And there's a great moment where uh, we just see a news report that the president has just decided to launch the nuke early to like yeah. co- to coincide with 4th of July or whatever. And it's so clearly, it's just, it's meant to be Trump. Just I know, because being... what they say, the president said, quote, it'll be really cool or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's just really funny. And it was basically, because yeah, sorry, yeah, everyone in the world told him not to do it, so he wants to do it exactly uh it's so funny but also because like there has been a thing where a lot of like because Zack snyder for some reason he has accumulated a weird fucking cult following oh oh, yeah really hard right fucking assholes and uh they've suddenly turned on him because like it's so clear that he just made fun of trump in the film and they're like wait what he's not one of us yeah, didn't he come out and say he's a Democrat? Which is just so funny. People just made all these assumptions based on the fact that he makes like, just like typical, like he makes like testosterone like, movies. Yes. Yeah, and even I don't even know if that's right because like looking at a lot of his movies, like especially like with the the Justice League movie, he gives as much attention to like the Amazonian women being like all muscly and hot and attractive as he does to like the spartans i i think people are confusing i think Zack snyder you know i think he's probably just really into fitness (laughs) like just likes like (laughs) shooting the scenes of people looking really good Uh, it's not so much about testosterone and masculinity it's just about people being at their peak whether they're male or female i can see him like i could literally see him remaking commando Um, absolutely yeah yeah not that that movie needs a remake because it's perfect but i I said uh, i remember we had this you might not even remember this but years ago we were having a conversation about him and i i i thought Zack snyder was gay for years i assumed he was gay because i I thought his films like had kind of like a home like not not so much that they were testosterone fueled i thought they were like very homoerotic like 300 300 i think borders on just being gay porn <laughs> like it's just, I it's assume oiled up mostly men for yeah, two yeah. Like but like you know when you watch like Joel Schumacher's Batman movies, I always felt yeah, that yeah. three hundred kind of felt like them. Uh, <laughs> but now that I see more of his films and know more about, I think he's just he just likes the human body. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's um, but that's what I mean. It's that kind of it's that perception of like manly men. You know, and then there you have to be a right wing manly man, conservative, and you don't want to be a pussy Democrat because you go to the gym and you work out and you work hard. You know, even I though think it's that kind talking, of none of the people talking that shit online have ever been in a gym in their life. Like they're all like no. fucking overweight neck beards. Like yeah. <laughs> when you, when you hear like anybody who's called another person a sci boy on the internet, like. You know, when you, you go on Twitter and you see, like, some fucking Twitter thread and somebody calls somebody a cyboy and then you click on their profile, yeah. you're like, this is what I picture a cyboy looking like. The person who's calling everybody a cyboy usually yeah. looks like exactly what I would picture a cyboy looking like. <laughs> the, um, I forget where I was going to go with that. I think, as well, is then people on the far left... We're disappointed to hear that Zack Snyder's left wing because he's not because he's not super woke. He's normal. 
Like he's yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. He just he's, likes he's middle ground. He likes big action movies, and he's quite pro military and all that kind of stuff in his messaging or in his the concept of his movies. It's like big explosions and the, you know well, what I mean. He's, he, like he's probably actually it's quite anti-military. Yeah, I would say he's quite anti-military. It's not like Michael Bay is usually. Michael yeah, Bay is very right, pro-military. Sorry. Thinking of Michael Bay with his pro-military um, stuff. It seems like, like you look at, so sex, you take Watchmen, like he changed a few things in Watchmen, obviously he changed the ending yeah. majorly, but he really leaned into like the whole, all the Vietnam stuff in Watchmen. Like he yeah, really yeah. leaned into that being like bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, although I'm not even sure Michael Bay is pro-military now because did you see Songbird, the coronavirus movie he done? No, I haven't watched that yet. You're saying we're it's it's, it's not good, but uh, it's really like the military. Everybody's under the tome of the military in it. Oh, okay. Now he only produced it; he didn't direct it. But the I fact know. that he was even involved in it, it, it's quite different tone for Michael Bay. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. like Z- Zack Snyder seems to he's just like. He just likes stuff that looks cool. <laughs> like, that, he's just like, this looks that cool. That is it. And that is exactly it. He just likes cool shit. He's just, he's not, I'd say, like, it seems like he's probably, like, very deep in real life, but his movies are just... Are not. Uh, I like cool I shit. always, I always think that with his music choices in his movies, that um, I always think they're literally, like, they're the first idea you have or they're the most obvious like on the nose but it's the sort of thing like it's the sort of thing we would do when we were like we'd be making a movie or something and I'd be editing it and I'd put a song under it to play back to you to make you laugh because it's the most (laughs) obvious song to go under that theme or that scene and you would burst your shit laughing thinking that's hilarious (laughs) I wish we could get put that song in there, and then we wouldn't, <laughs> you know, because I mean? because then you'd have a conversation about okay, then what song should we put there, or what would suit? This just like I always just think the tone of his music just never fits the scenes. It doesn't. However, the funny thing is, a lot of the Vegas e songs did suit the tone of this movie, but then there's a couple of songs that just were so out of place. Like, they just, but I think the one I think he's I think he's I feel like he doesn't want the internet much, yeah. but I feel like he has recently and he's seen people talking about that. And I think in this yeah. movie, he's, I think he's kind of trolling people because so a <laughs> lot of people have made a big deal out of the va- fact that, that he used the song zombie <laughs> for know. the end of this film. I burst out laughing. So for people who don't know the song zombie by the Cranberries is about an IRA bombing in the late 80s, early 90s, and a couple of children yeah. died. It's obviously, it's a terrible, terrible yeah. event that happened. Awesome song, though. And there is yeah, this thing song. that, uh, well, Zack Snyder just heard, oh, well, the, the song's called Zombie, and the chorus just says the word zombie, so I'll put <laughs> it in my zombie film. The best way I could think of it is, it's the songs he puts in his movies are the songs a 14-year-old kid puts in their YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. But you know I, what I mean? I, t- I honestly, I think, I, I, when I heard Zombie playing at the end of it, I thought, that's just, I know it's about a terrible thing, but I thought that was a, f- a really fun of this song. It's, yeah, it was. It's, a, it's a 
30 year old song at this point also i do want to point out that's not the first time it's actually been used in a zombie film there's oh really yeah there's a zombie film called battle of the bone which i would say i can almost guarantee you nobody listening to this episode has ever seen it's a northern irish song like ultra low budget zombie film and It's about a, a zombie apocalypse or invasion happens during during the Orange March, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a, a, a it's a parkour zombie film set in Northern Ireland during an Orange March. That sounds amazing. Yeah, but like the guy that made it had like uh, maybe five thousand euro to make it on, okay, so yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty. He, they done a really good job for the money they had, but. They use zombie in that anyway. So technically, this is not the first first time that song yeah, has yeah. been used. I just wanted to point that out. Fair enough. Great shout out for whoever directed Battle of the Bone. Oh, yeah. No, where it really hit me was in a... I remember seeing Watchmen in the cinema. And every time a song came on, I was like, what the fuck? Like, seriously? Oh, what the fuck? Watchmen. A lot of people shit. I thought the opening... I know it's so cliche to use times they are changing. But I thought the opening of Watchmen yeah. with the Dylan song was great. I thought that worked really well. It was brilliant. It was very good. Yeah. Well, I thought like... Those montages are cool that he does. It's the same in this movie. The sex scene between uh, Night Owl... Night Owl. And Silk Spectre under... To Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is, <laughs> I remember seeing that in this... I think... Did we go out to see that in the cinema together? No, I saw in England with oh, Ken. Oh, okay. I remember pacing myself laughing. Like, I literally just, like, had an uproar of laughter during that scene. That was fucking hilarious. And and actually, Snyder's obsessed with that song because he put it in his recut of... Um, I think I read a trivia thing. It's in uh, Donna Justice as well, is it? It's in the trailer for Donna Justice. Oh, okay, yeah. See, I think, actually... I might be wrong on this, but I think that song might actually be about having sex, technically. But still, it's a really awkward place. (laughs) But going back to Dawn of the Dead, his music choices in Dawn of the Dead are awesome. Oh, really? And he done some clever things and subverted expectations with that. And then he kept doing it. And and he just wasn't as good at it. So, Dawn of the Dead, the opening... He does the same thing where there's like a credit scene showing like all the chaos happening and it's over When yeah. the Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash. Yes. And it's brilliant. fucking Sorry, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then he Seems ends perfect, it. Yeah. Can, can What was the band? Hold on, I'll have to Google them. Remember, it was, did you watch Kerrang! back in the day? No, not really. All right. Um, See, I was, yeah, well, I, I was more, I was a big metal fan. Disturbed had a song called Getting Down With The Sickness. And it was just like this heavy metal song. And the Dawn of the Dead, the closing credits, he had like an old fucking, almost like a Vegas show band do a cover of Down With The Sickness for the closing credits of Dawn of the Dead, which is like what happens in Army of the Dead where he has like Viva Las Vegas. But he done that thing where he just had like weird versions of different songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even even saying that with it, it, Dawn of the Dead, the um, like the man comes around, you know, it works. But it's also like your first idea for a song for that 
montage. You know what I mean? It's it is, it's so obvious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so obvious. So, yeah. But Yeah. It's just funny. But I think like and I don't mean this I know like the hardcore Zack Snyder fans don't come after us for this, but I think that I think Zack Snyder in terms of like his ideas, like he's just he's a bit basic. That's Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. I I, I don't in any way think he's unintelligent. I think he's just no, I think he just He's just a bro just likes cool shit He's just like Whatever is just yeah, cool yeah. I want to do And that's fine Like there's nothing wrong with that yeah, yeah. Like Yeah he, he He reminds me of Robert Rodriguez And yeah, You know actually, Robert was, Rodriguez yeah, Is one of my favourite directors Of all time I fucking love Robert Rodriguez Yeah I remember like, You can't Sorry go on No no her. Well I was just going to say I remember On one of The special edition dvds of a robert rodriguez films he used to do he, he he'd always do these like 15 minute film schools on all his special yeah, features yeah. and i remember on one of them where he just like it was just a throwaway line where he was just like yeah i never really cared about making people think uh when they're watching my movies i always wanted them not to think my goal is if you're watching one of my movies i just want you not to think about paying rent for two hours yeah, or yeah. worrying about that dental surgery you need to get and I always just thought that's a great goal like if you're an artist just yeah, to make yeah, a movie just to like pure escapism just to have somebody just yeah. not think about whatever shit is going on in their life there's nothing wrong with that that's a great reason to want to make a movie yeah it's um what well, I was going to say like back to Zack Snyder is like that's what I'm saying is you, you have to give him credit where credit is due. And like, he's clearly, he has a passion, you know, and uh, going back to like those vintage lenses and stuff, he, part of the reasons he wanted to use them is because they have a really uh, wide aperture, which is why it has that blurry effect yeah, for yeah. layman's terms. And it's because he wanted to, he shot the almost the entire film with natural light. Is, um, yeah, yeah. And, the opening scene with the truck crash that took them five weeks to film because he wanted to film it at whatever it was at that time of night or day, like the dawn where you only get a narrow window to film. So basically every day they had to go back and try and film during that, like one hour of golden hour of light. And then once that was over, then they just had to wait for the next day to do it. It took them five weeks to do that scene. We see that's but then awesome. I thought that scene was way too long. But anyway, it was, and I didn't like that scene. And the dialogue was shocking, no. and that was a terrible scene. Yeah, it was terrible. But as far as like technically, technical wise, that's great. And like somebody that's yeah. that dedicated to their craft, like you have to, even if you don't like the outcome of their craft, you have to respect that they have that dedication. Yeah, exactly. And also, there is also part of me that just, I really don't want to, like, ever shit on Zack Snyder because he seems like he's a really nice guy as well. Yeah. <laughs> he seems it's like really he's funny. a very un-Hollywood kind of person. I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. Now, to go back um, to the movie, did yeah. you notice, because a lot of people, this, a lot of people didn't notice this. I almost didn't, but I was watching the movie. I did. You know what I'm about to ask. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, go on. Because there was something that happened when the big escape at the end, 
Dave Batista shooting a bunch of zombies and I just saw him one zombie gets a headshot and the zombie goes down and I was like wait what and I had to rewind yeah. it because I was like that that didn't look right and I I watched I, I had to go back like three times and it's absolutely clear that that there is robot zombies amongst the horde yep yeah which is the weirdest. There's no explanation given in the film. No. But there is robot <laughs> zombies amongst them. Yeah. But again, this brings us back to what we were saying, is that like there's been so many versions of this script that there's just little remnants of things. But then why film that? Like, or, but but, but obviously effects like, that they consciously put in later. Oh, they, yeah, that didn't go over anybody's head. That was worked on, like... And, like, it's really, it's well done. Like, it looks like the Terminator. It's the Terminator, yeah, not yeah. exoskeleton. The skeleton. Just skeleton, <laughs> yeah. I guess. But it's clearly a robot. But I assume that that's going to be elaborated on in the prequels. I think that that's probably, maybe the military have, like, um, spies. Monitors. With, yeah. I, yeah. And there might be something to why, maybe that's why they brought the, why the president decides to nuke the place earlier. That they're monitoring Oh, and they yeah. see that there's people in there. So they decide oh, yeah, to roll yeah, the maybe. clock back. The or um it's just a little wink and reference because it's the same way there's lots of references to Terminator or to, to aliens. aliens. Maybe there's, there's a Terminator reference. But I think that's too much. I think it's like it's too clear that like t- and even later in the film, we, we, there's one zombie that's right behind. It, it looks like it's almost like a right-hand man to the the Alpha King, and he has the blue eyes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's something that the military have been putting in, like spies yeah. or something like that. I was thinking about it, though, from a deeper point of view. Is, okay. So all the, all the zombies who attack the casino that they're in during the heist are the alphas or not the alphas the whatever the the the, the white, white walkers, walkers. The generals <laughs> yeah. so all of them have been turned personally by zeus yeah and they clearly have he has control over them they have communication they literally obey like his commands and stuff and it's one of them that we see as a robot wouldn't zeus know that he didn't turn that individual that's person. a yeah that's a good point yeah you know what i mean it's not like it's just a general zombie that you see well maybe it's alien technology then maybe like zeus is maybe there's like a nanite thing going. yeah because when at the end when batista does shoot him in the head you see all this blue shit comes out of his brain yeah and again when and the baby is made of like yeah blue shit as well that, yeah so the, actually the, like the alien the baby even looks right? like the shape of the baby even looks like the classic sort the big head and stuff and i know that's kind of how like uh, a fetus looks at that stage but it looks almost like a scene from the x-files where you see the blue yeah, veins and stuff like is this how aliens are colonizing uh, earth is they come as a bacteria as a hybrid to turn into an alien I, I feel like that might be it that like zeus and even what he creates are just they're just creatures used oh, okay. to terraform to terraform earth yeah 
and then maybe the cyborgs are the next step that they're these creatures that have been sent down to casually blend in with them but they're they're there to oversee the next step yeah because most of i was thinking about this like most of the zombies at first i saw it as a fault but now looking at it that in hindsight with this theory in mind is most of the zombies seem to be interested in just turning people not actually there's very little like yeah we don't actually really see them feeding on people they kill them but we we don't they're, get any like resident evil scenes of them like picking apart their brains or anything yeah they're not like te- they're not tearing people apart to eat them yeah one like they're keeping people alive to breed with them it, it does seem like yeah. they have a plan yeah, yeah. And see this thing that's, that's Snyder, the stuff he's, he's an ideas man he has like great ideas yeah. for building worlds but like he's just not a very good writer but yeah, this this might be the best thing for him because now that they're doing the anime prequel and this other guy's doing the standalone prequel, yeah, they could be great because it could it could yeah, just be could. Zack Snyder being like a Kevin Feige in Marvel, just overseeing the yeah, creation, it's his ideas, his concept. Because like that, there's loads. We we touched on this earlier, but there's a, a scene early in the film when they first come into Vegas, and we see all these shriveled up zombie corpses piled on top of each other, and the coyote says they stayed out in the sun too long, and they dried out. But when it rains, they come yeah. back to life for a while. And when she says that, you're yeah. like, oh, this is going to pay off later. Yeah, and then it it, nothing, nothing happens with it and you're like but that was such a great piece of lore but then it just wasn't oh, used was great idea the idea and it makes so much sense the idea that a zombie would dry out so much in the desert that it wouldn't be able to move that's that's genius yeah and then every like you know twice a month when it rains there they come back to life for a few hours it's a great idea yeah and i thought that would be the finale i thought they would get out of the casino they would be in the home stretch and then suddenly it would start raining and then like complete hell breaks loose uh, and they didn't do it. But I bet you there's a draft of the script where that happens. There absolutely <laughs> is. There absolutely is. But this is it. He's like, he has great ideas of just cool shit. Yeah. I yeah, think like yeah. if you just sat down with Zack Snyder and said like, what are all the cool shit you'd like to see in movies and made a list of them and then just hired a bunch of writers to take those ideas <laughs> and run with them. Exactly. You would, you would make some of the best movies ever. There was, we we went to uh, film school with someone who was like that that uh, I always thought they'd be handy to keep in a in a wardrobe and then you'd open the wardrobe <laughs> and they'd just start talking and you just start writing down the ideas and then you close the wardrobe again and go off and write your script uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about one last thing I want to touch on as far as cool ideas with the film uh, it's something a lot of people are, are talking about uh, the time loop do you think that was a, a passing line of dialogue or do you think there is anything yeah that was that was weird it just kind of comes out of nowhere and then disappears and it, i thought it was a good character moment for that character because he's just like analyzing shit and it's yeah. proven that he's not like a dumb jock and that he's like into like existentialism and yeah, he's probably yeah. read a few philosophy books and stuff and then do you want to explain just in case people haven't seen the movie do you want to explain the scene quickly yeah so it's when they're trying to break into the safe and there's three or four skeletons on the ground and they uh there's a moment where um 
because it's been clear that other teams have tried this before them, have tried to get to the safe because they find other plans and things like that. So basically there's another team that looks like they only got so far and then they died. Um, um, and then one of the characters points out, oh no, that's us. Look. And you see the characters have, like they have, um, or the dead bodies, they have... Um, like jewelry and clothing and stuff from each of the characters and it actually cuts yeah. to those people. aren't the exact same but close enough yeah yeah and he's like that's us from another timeline we're in an infinite time loop and tanaka is a god who's just playing with us we're his pawns and all this kind of it's a fucking deadly scene it's a really cool moment yeah i and thought it just cuts it was a... to like Tanaka putting like his toy helicopter on the toy build on the model building and just like smiling and stuff it's great I thought at first I thought this is just a throwaway scene. This is just character development. It's just this is who this guy yeah, yeah. is. He thinks about this shit. But then I did think about yeah. it, and especially because this is also the character who survives. This is yeah. the one character that survives. Oh yeah. And I did think about it a bit. So and this goes back to just because I've read a lot of like old sci-fi novels that use like yeah. you know movie science or or sci-fi science, I guess. So I, there's a book, I think I told you about this before, uh, a book from the late 50s called The City at World's End. And it's about a city that gets nuked, but it's nuked yeah. so heavily. So this was at a point. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it Tycon particles, Tycon particles? It, it, this is a, a theoretical par- particle that uh, moves faster than the speed of light. And back before we really understood how, how nuclear fission worked, people thought that this particle was within the atom, meaning yeah. that if a nuclear bomb went off, it could send, they thought that it could send wherever it was detonated back in time or forward in time. So the the city at World's End, the city's nuked and they're sent like a million years into the future. So the entire city wakes up and their city is completely intact, but everywhere, the entire world is destroyed. Because the entire world, the entire world dies of like radiation poisoning and fallout, but because they were in the, the The, fireball radius, they're sent into the future. And I think like me, there is a chance that the idea with this film that Zack Snyder is operating on this kind of like old school movie science oh yeah that when the nuclear bomb hits at the end of army of the dead the timeline just restarts that everybody that was in the nuclear zone yeah yeah. just restarts but because they got further this time than they did on any of their previous journeys the surviving character makes it out he gets out of yeah yeah he did pretty well to survive that radiation. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, he was bitten, so maybe that that's what helped him. Yeah, that was. I did think that. I was like, oh, is he maybe being bitten at the right time and being exposed to just the right level for radiation made it slow down that he yeah. got that far. If people so haven't seen, dead. if people haven't seen this movie, they have no idea what we're talking about. I done such a bad job no. explaining that, but I think there might be. <laughs> I, I might need scene. to rewatch that again to see if that theory holds up. But there might be something to the time loop thing. Yeah. yeah. Though would they if the if the nuclear bomb sends them back in time? 
would they see evidence of their previous journey? Not necessarily, no. You wouldn't. Cause oh, although... It's a whole new timeline. But in but this version... They were the far bomb, enough into the safe. The yeah. bomb is dropped earlier in this timeline. So maybe yeah. there would be remnants of the old one. No. Oh, they're moving into their timeline. I don't know. Yeah. Movie science. I'm sure you could explain it away. Yeah. But I think there is something cool there. Like... <laughs> Again, he's an ideas man. <laughs> There's just so many ideas in this movie. There's so many concepts. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, but, so we all, we to bring it back to the actual format of this podcast, which is like, how would you survive? Yeah. I think this isn't a question yeah. of how we would survive. This is a question of how would we pull off the heist? Yeah. And I think it's a really, it's a really easy answer. And it's one of the, big plot holes of the movie because as we learned because what's the character's name you said it earlier the the, bla- the cool black dude fan um vanderhorn or something well either way so he survives he survives because he's shoved into the safe yeah vander vander Rowe, sorry the german guy shoves him into the safe as he's been attacked yeah. to save him which at at that moment when that happened i was just like oh my god you're giving him a worse death because you're just locking him I in. I know, me too. <laughs> but apparently all those safes have, like, they're accessible from the inside. Yeah, and Dieter would know he, that. Yeah, he'd know that. So. Yeah. But, so we we know by the end of the film that he survives completely intact because he was in the yeah. safe. So, if you own the casino and you own that safe, you would know that, that everything in that safe would be fine. So wouldn't you just wait until after the nuke drop and then send yeah. somebody in to, to extract the exactly. money? Like, yeah. And then the other side of it is what they're really after was the zombie DNA. And that's well, a 10 minute snap and grab job. Well, that's the other thing. Like you could probably just, yeah. he didn't need to put a crew together for that. He could have just hired the coyote. Go in there, get a drop of her blood, come back to me. No, I feel like he did yeah. also want the two hundred million dollars, though. Yeah, I think it was. It was both. like, yeah, yeah. While you're in there, get that. But yeah. uh, getting the money out is an easy thing. Just wait until nuke falls and then go in, pick through the remains. Yeah. Either way, I think, like, if you're actually in the scenario, the scenario doesn't even need to happen. <laughs> like, that's the. No, none of it needs to happen. Like, exactly. Yeah. One, you wait. And go in and get safe. Two, okay, you are in that scenario. Daughter, your friends are dead. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, three, oh, we want DNA from the zombie. Okay, yeah, that's it. Ten minutes snatch and grab. No problem. We'll do that. Uh, tell the team that's what you want and tell them you'll give them $50 million for it. They don't need to go on a heist at all. Like, there's... there's <laughs> yeah, the scenario just doesn't... This problem is, solved. We survived this because the scenario, every scenario that happens in this film is just not necessary like there is so many there's just so many easier ways to do it none of them would make an interesting movie but no in real life if it was presented to you you would just be like yeah let's just let's just wait until they drop the nuke and then we'll go in get us a few radiation suits and uh yeah be grand it's very simple but as far as a movie goes yeah it's fun because it ignores all that but uh ultimately this is it 
extreme this is one of the more survivable <laughs> zombie scenarios because you don't need to do anything really in it yeah but i think uh we should just we, we should just end it there i think uh <laughs> well i think we survive army of the dead because we won't even get involved we won't even need to get involved <laughs> i love that it's like so you're, we're working in a diner tanaka comes in and you just go nah man i'm fine oh man i completely forgot oh i had a i had a funny idea for a scenario for to put us in this film and i completely forgot to say it so annoying it's too late to do it now but my idea was that so we would put like essentially put us into the opening credit sequence only it was we were doing we happened to be doing a live podcast in vegas when the zombie apocalypse happened and we saved all these people but we lost all our podcast equipment (laughs) and then we're working we're working flipping burgers and then mr road comes to us (laughs) and he's like i have a safe all the way from australia and he's like i have a safe in vegas with the best road equipment ever and if you put together a crew and go in and extract it <laughs> I had complete, I just thought that would have been a funny way to just keep reminding people to vote for us under my roadcast that, that we could just yeah. that could have been the whole episode that idea. of us calling back to yeah. that I completely forgot to do it so if you're still listening remember <laughs> to vote for us under my roadcast if you haven't already we've surely earned a vote like by now um, or if you want to help us buy equipment we have a Patreon as well mm-hmm. and until next time have a nice apocalypse